Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. Welcome to the fifth episode in the special series, Reinventing Hybrid Learning Events with the Learning Ideas Conference 2022. In this episode, we discuss the nuances of programming a hybrid event, scheduling a hybrid event in a way that integrates those attending in person and those online requires special strategies. In-person events are slowly returning and the future is hybrid. Creating a successful hybrid class, conference or meeting requires new skills. In this collaboration with the Learning Ideas Conference of 2022, we will explore the different aspects of how to create a successful hybrid experience. In the months leading up to the conference, we follow the journey of the Learning Ideas Conference team who prepares a new hybrid experience for June 2022. The Learning Ideas Conference is dedicated to reimagining education and workplace learning, using new technologies to provide us with new opportunities. With the goal to always innovate, In 2022, the Learning Ideas Conference is creating new approaches to hybrid experiences and exploring what collaboration and networking could be in a hybrid environment. In this special series of the Art and Science of Learning podcast, we follow the progress of creating this new hybrid experience, discuss the best practices in the field, and share useful tips on creating successful hybrid events. I'm very happy to have back on the podcast the founder of the Learning Ideas Conference. Dr. David Gorelnik is president and CEO of Kaleidoscope Learning and a consultant specialized in the use of technology to improve job performance. He is also the current president of the International E-Learning Association, founder and chair of the Learning Ideas Conference, and an adjunct professor at Columbia University. David has created the first e-learning-specific authoring tool and the award-winning Watch, Rate, and Compare e-learning approach. David has won over 200 awards in the e-learning industry, and his unique approach to his consulting and project work has saved over $2 billion due to improved employee performance for Fortune 500 and multinational clients, such as Target, IBM, GE, Time Warner, and many others. David focuses his deep knowledge of the industry to reimagine learning in higher education and the workplace. Thank you so much, David, for coming back on the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here and talk with you as always. Before we jump into the scheduling and how programming is different in a hybrid conference or hybrid event, tell me a little bit about how preparations going for June. Thanks. Yeah, preparations are are moving along. It's definitely a a busy time. We have a lot to do with the finalizing the schedule, as we'll talk about later. There are a number of people who write papers. There's a sizable academic contingent who writes papers for the conference proceedings, which is a you know official publication through Springer, and so there's a lot of work involved in that at this point. The papers are coming in and being reviewed and revised and all of that. So that's uh, and it's a great publication that you put out, which I, I know just recently from previous publications. It's really great papers, so it's good to look it up for even if you didn't attend the conference. Yeah, thank you. No, it's come out. It's come out well. We've had a, a nice arrangement with uh, with Springer to um, you know have it out and published and widely distributed, and that's that's worked out. Really, really well. Um, so we have we have that. We have a lot of the, the program planning. We have you know other things that are still um, you know kind of for pandemic reasons just you know a little 
harder to plan, I think, than in a, a typical year or two, right? You just, you know, and, and partly for hybrid reasons, like, you know, it's still figuring out exactly what we think the total numbers of people will be who will be um, in person. And that, you know, affects, you know, the, the subgroup of our team that has to plan the, the food and the, you know, and the, and the timing of all that. That's, that's another, another thing that's a little more, you know, you never really know people sign up until the last minute, but it's a little more uncertain during, during these times, I think, than, than others trying to figure that stuff out. So there's a, a lot of logistics going on really on, on all fronts. And then certainly still with uh, finalizing some pieces of, of the program, getting the times uh, set and, and all those kinds of things. Yes. It definitely makes it complicated trying to schedule and plan ahead. And some, you know, so often people don't even know if they can attend or not in these times. There's definitely a lot of complications, but scheduling and programming for a hybrid event, which is what we're going to discuss today has its own complications. It's always a big task to program an in-person conference and also an online conference, but somehow the hybrid makes some added logistical things that you have to think through and plan for. So how is planning for a hybrid event different than either online or in person? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And it is, um, it is, uh, it has its challenges. Uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to do, but it definitely has a fair number of challenges. I mean, you know, from the starting point, we're, we're trying to find talks to be put in sessions that, that go together. We have a couple of special tracks. So those are already going to go together, but then try to, to make, you know, make the, create the session so that the talks are, you know, have some, some kind of, things in common and we group talks that are appropriately related together. You can always jump around from session to session, but it's still nice to have the talks in one session kind of relate to each other. You know, traditional conference, whether it's been online or in person, that's kind of a lot of what you're dealing with is, is that. And here we have level of, of constraint that, that we kind of really haven't had before. So on one hand, we have the physical venue. So we have the rooms for a certain time. We have our team busy with certain things. So, you know, they're setting up at certain times for the physical event. Then there are times that we have the rooms available and then we have the rooms, you know, um, purchased and, and all of that, that we, you know, that we, we have the space available to us. And that's, you know, we're here in New York. So all of that is on Eastern time. So if we start, you know, something at, you know, nine or 10 o'clock AM Eastern time, that's, you know, that's, that's the time. But with a hybrid event, you have speakers from all different time zones. And so it's, certainly been uh, a fair amount of, of effort and we're just wrapping it up now to figure out exactly who could speak at what time so that you have a program that makes sense conceptually and that everybody is speaking at a time that's at least uh, fairly reasonable for their time zone. So we tried to group a lot of the people from Europe, Asia, the Middle East in, you know, in the morning and, and try to accommodate everybody's time zone as best as possible. But it's a little bit, it's a little bit tricky when it's 9am in, in New York, it's already well into the day in a lot of places. And there are certain things that we wanted to preserve about the way we start the day. We usually start with a plenary session in the morning, either a keynote or, or a panel or something. And I think that's a nice thing to continue to do. And I think that does really set up the day as, as part of the conference. We want to preserve that, but then that also constrains you even a little bit further because you know that's that's a really nice block of time in, in Europe, Asia, and the Middle East, some other places where everybody is still awake that, that you lose. And so your day starts a little bit later. So we had a lot of it's it's been a lot of scheduling constraints. You know, as an international conference, we you know need to to give people time. April 1st is our official deadline for speakers to a hundred percent commit that they really can can make it, whether it's, you know, visa issues for travel or funding issues um, from the organization. There just are always some things that people need that time for. And so it, we knew kind of what was going to happen and started putting things together. But, you know, there have been 
there've been decisions to make. And uh, yeah, that this, this, this series of constraints is uh, a, lot to, a lot to work with. And I think we're, we're pleased with how it's come together. And I think we're not asking anyone to do anything that's involves staying up too late where they are, but uh, it's, been, it's been some work, there's no question. Absolutely. I can only imagine. So we'll dig in a little bit deeper into, into those different aspects because the time zone issues are, of course, something that online events also have to deal with. But now that you have a hybrid event, you have a significant number of people in one time zone, in one space. And the, the trick hybrid events that I've started noticing is that it's very easy to lose sight of the people online so that they have a different experience than the people in the room in many different ways, in the networking, in the discussions, and also in the programming. So you want to really balance that. And your team has been doing a really great job in finding that balance and making sure. So let's talk a little bit about how you are making that happen. First of all, with time zones for speakers and audience. So significant number going to be in New York, but also there's many scattered around the world. So what are some of the things that you're looking at in terms of scheduling talks by topic, but then also by geography, something that you found helpful that people should think about? Yeah, certainly a number of things. And it's been, you know, it's been, it's been some work. What we decide to do is have rooms that are in-person and rooms that are the online talks. We, we agonized over that a little bit because you want it, you know, you don't want to separate talks that are conceptually otherwise go well together. And we don't want to call, you know, we really do want this to be integrated that everybody feels that they're part of the same conference, right. but there is something nice about having one speaker after the next, all in the, in the same room and, you know, having them be physically there that, that we thought we want to preserve from in-person conferences. Uh, so we have that for the most part. I mean, it, it's sort of nothing, nothing works exactly hundred percent, even if you want it to, the numbers don't quite, you know, always, always add up exactly the way that, that they, they could. But so we have several sessions that, that are, you know, several parallel sessions that are at least primarily in-person speakers and others that are primarily online speakers that also made it a little bit easier in a sense to just try to figure out where, where we were going to put everybody, you know, it does have another side effect, which is it limits the number of sessions that you have for people who are in another time zone and really kind of need to go early in the East Coast day. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, we did, we did deviate from that in, in some cases as well, just to make sure that we could fit everybody in at a time that was appropriate for them. So when we, when we scheduled, particularly the online sessions started as much with time zone as with anything. So in our database, we have, you know, everybody's time zone and our, our team put together the you know, the overall list of who's, you know, of all the speakers that are, you know, 100% planned and, and where they, you know, what time zone they're in, so that we could look at that and really figure out who we need to worry about and who we need to particularly accommodate first. So there was a special degree of accommodation for people, especially who are in Asia, and then sort of backing up a little bit to people who are in Israel and Greece and, and you know, time zones that are still even a little bit farther away than Western Europe. Yeah, so we worked through that and and really focused on starting with the time zones that are just the trickiest because we just have a, a limited number of slots that are an appropriate time of day. And, and it's, you know, it's a bit of a challenge. I mean, there's, there's no question. Right. So you start with the furthest away and start looking at the time zones first and then yeah. try to group by topic. In terms of space, as you said, you, you want the hybrid and the in-person to be integrated. In terms of space, you've designated certain rooms for the online channels. So what was your strategy in thinking about that? And how did you create that environment? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's also been another, another challenge is to make, you know, we want every talk to be shown at the conference in the same way, whether it's in person or whether it's 
online. So, you know, there's a, a projector in every room, a projector for every talk. And sometimes the speaker will be in person, sometimes the speaker will be online. And so uh, there's still a couple of things we're sort of finalizing with that. You know, the rooms that we have are better by sort of by default, better arranged for a fully in-person group. That's really what the, the conference center was built to accommodate. Right. And so there's some things we're still kind of working out just in terms of sound, in terms of being able to put up maybe some partitions to separate some of the rooms that we have so that we have enough areas with with clear sound that are enclosed. And so you, people can really focus on the talks that, that are in there so that we can have all the online sessions getting their own room, even if it's, uh, you know, the, the conference center is set up so they have a lot of walls and partitions. You can have a super giant room where you can have it broken up into a lot of different spaces. But I think we're we're pushing the boundaries of the spaces that maybe they've broken it up into before to make sure that we have enough for all the talks that we have. That's great. So then regardless if someone's on a little stage it physically in the room or they're on a big screen, there is a room that people can can mingle through and mingle in and actually view the talk. Exactly. I think that's a really important element of a hybrid event because hybrid events that I've attended in the past recently, you almost forget if you're there in person, you almost forget that there's talks happening online. And you, of course, have to take out your mobile or your laptop, connect and find that space. It adds an element of friction to the people who are there walking around, wanting to network, wanting to have those, those spontaneous conversations with the person they're sitting next to. And having an actual room dedicated for the online talk, I think really, really helps in that integration of the two different groups, doesn't it? Absolutely. And that's that's really what we're trying, you know, what we're trying to accomplish. And I, I mean, I'm expecting that a lot of the audience members will choose talks, you know, whether someone, whether the speaker is in person is certainly one of the elements and it probably mm -hmm. does weigh into people's decision as an in-person attendee, you know, whether you, you know, you probably are a little bit more inclined to want to go to a talk where the person is actually there and you can speak with them after. And, and but, you know, but there are other factors. There's, there's the, the content, the topic of the talk, and there's, you know, sometimes who the speaker is, whether they're there or not, it might be someone, you know, it might be someone mm -hmm. you want to get to know. It might right. be someone whose work you're familiar with, you would go anyway. And so, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to find ourselves with the vast majority of in-person attendees only in the in-person talks. I think it will be a little bit balanced and we're certainly hoping it, it will be, but by putting things in rooms that way, yeah, we want them to be a, a, you know, an absolute core part of the conference. There's a, whether the talk is online or in person, it gets its own physical space. There'll be chairs in there for the in-person people, Wonderful, you know, to sit and, and watch just like they would um, an in-person talk. And so we're trying to blur the lines a little bit there and and treat everything equally in that way. And then a sort of related point on that is from the sort of staffing and, and, and planning side, you know, we generally have session chairs who are part of the conference who are from the from the field who introduce the speakers, but also someone from our team who is sort of handling the, you know, the logistical and technical side. And that's much more, that's a more substantial job for a hybrid event. For the in-person conference, we really never needed to always have someone from our team in the room at the time, like there's, you know, there's an IT person around. If something bad happens, you there's, you know, just a step away. And then otherwise the session chairs could really do everything. But here it, it, it's really a, a two person job. There's the session chair as kind of host. And then there's somebody on the technical side because everything is being broadcast mm -hmm. online. And there's a right. level of behind the scenes formality, you, you know, you know, if you, if you do it right, it's, it's formal behind the scenes so that it seems comfortable, you know, to everyone outside and, you know, no one, no one realizes what hard work it is until we tell them. So, but it's, right. it's a lot of work. <laughs> what are some of your, what are some of the things that you find that are particularly difficult in this type of 
situation and chairing a session that is is hybrid? A um, couple of things. One, one is there's just a lot of a, a lot of setup that there's a lot of planning. We always want the speakers who will be presenting online to be familiar with uh, the system that they're going to use and make sure that they're comfortable with everything. And that's something that we need to do for everybody, including the in-person speakers here, right? Because right. they're not just showing their slides, but they do need to be aware of, of the fact that the slides will be shown um, and broadcast and there will be buttons that somebody has to push to make sure that that happens. And then we have to make sure that all of that goes as it is. So that's that's certainly one of the key factors is that people are doing, you know, everybody is broadcasting online in a, in a certain sense. Right. And also for the chair, it's mixing in the people who are in the room as well. You're you're having to not only pay attention to the chat and see what kind of questions are being asked, but also to the room and to give equal weight to both of those. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a really that's a really big issue, you know, a, a change from the way things normally work. And I think also, you know, further pushes for the need to have a behind the scenes, you know, technical kind of role that's separate from the session chair here because you really need to do both. And then I guess the the additional side to all of this is that we do want the speakers to be visible to the online audience, the in-person speakers. That sounds easy, but it's not always that easy, right? So when you're in an online conference, video production is fairly straightforward as it is for you know our talk here. We're, we're right here. We're in front of our camera. Where yes. else would we be? Everybody exactly. has a webcam. <laughs> That's when right. you're giving a talk in person, it's not always that easy. You're moving around, you know, webcam is necessarily the right thing to do. So we're still kind of working out how it can work with, with having someone there to really do the video broadcast and get everything hooked up and set. But we would like, you know, that is the plan to this, have someone with an actual camera. And that's another person and another mm-hmm. part of the plan that we have to put together, including with the venue to make sure that that everybody's, you know, knows what the story is and is comfortable with what the story is and isn't going to overcharge us for what we want to do <laughs> and all those kinds of things to, yeah. um, to have someone going around with the camera and then hooking it up to obviously to the internet and to the system and, and, yes. and work that out. Um, Absolutely. Those technical issues are so critical to have someone designated for watching over it and knowing how to fix it. And also taking a lot of that work away from the moderator because there is so much to do looking at the chat looking at the audience Absolutely. combining those those types of questions and as you said the filming is not as straightforward as sitting in front of your laptop anymore um, yeah, in order right. to be able to stand at a podium lots to think about for sure in terms of the mixing of people when you're scheduling i mean you're scheduling not only the talks throughout the conference but you're also scheduling different type of events and interactions for people so what are some of your strategies schedule it in such a way that there's a constant buzz in the physical conference space but at the same time you're not pulling people away from the online talks so the online talks are going on and you want people to be able to attend both yeah, no, absolutely. What well, we we did make the decision to have the online talks be in parallel with the in-person talks, right? And so we we, we thought about that. I mean, there are, you know, would you want to have some online talks at times when the in-person people are kind of or mostly at lunch or on a break? And we decided not to do that to keep the things all together. And that did, you know, constrain the times in some ways, right? Because mm-hmm. then that's another block of time that maybe it's a pretty good time in in Europe, but it's not a time that we can schedule a talk. But we thought that was the best way to keep everything together. The downside of that, of course, is you have more talks in parallel at once. And so the audience has more choices and splits off a little bit. But overall, we felt given that there aren't you know, that many breaks that this was kind of the best way to do it and make it one integrated conference. So there's that as, as one part of sort of how we're handling everything. 
And then we have networking components that are part of the software platform that we're using. So we're using, we, we talked about this on, on some of the earlier episodes, we're using a platform called Introvoke, which is really a set of components more than a platform. So it provides you know, Zoom-like meeting components and networking components that we then integrate into a website really easily. So it doesn't take a lot of programming. And it gives us the flexibility to have as many or a few of those as we want. And so we'll have networking components that are available all the time. We might add some special networking hubs during some of the breaks and we're still figuring out exactly how we wanna to do all of those things. But we did also make a conscious decision to not, we, we thought about whether we'd have some sort of networking events at the, you know, in parallel with some of the other talks and decided not to do that because it would take away too much from the talks. And so we, those are things we're going to try to do during the breaks, but not during the parallel talks themselves. Right. So you're going to have networking physically in person, and then also find ways of creating that networking online. And, and are you going to try and bridge those two in some way as well? Yeah, we're going to encourage people at least to interact on their phones. And it's going to be an interesting thing, you know, in-person people. And it's going to be an interesting thing to see. I mean, you, you know, I, I don't think we want to have a conference where everybody is in person, but only on their phones, right? I mean, right. there's enough of that in life already. I think yes. we walk down the streets of the city, we don't know if we need more of that. Um, but on the other hand, we do have a specific goal of, of bringing people together. So we'll try to sort of balance that out. I think some of that I mean, some of that's going to just evolve organically and naturally. So we're sort of trying to set up the right environment where people have options. And I think some people will find themselves drawn into conversations, you know, over coffee. And I think that'll be a, a, probably the majority of people in person, but that there'll be a, a, a hopefully a significant subset who will say, hey, I want to go online. I really like this person's talk. I'm really interested in connecting with this person who's not here. And let me, you know, see what's going on there and maybe balance that a little bit. So uh, it'll be a really interesting thing to, you know, explore and evaluate. And there's a, there's a, a degree to which a lot of what we're doing is experimental. We're, we're hoping to learn a lot from this experience and observe and participate and see what, what works well, what doesn't work well, and where, you know, we might want to look at, at doing things differently. Next year, there's just a line in terms of where you encourage things to be a certain way and where you're really just kind of opening it up for people to just decide. I mean, it's always free decisions, but, you know, it's a different kind of decision if there is an event specifically geared to networking going on versus if there's not an event specifically geared to yep. networking going on. So, Definitely. you know, it is always people's decision, but what are we doing to sort of, you know, push things as a conference in a, in a certain direction. And, um, you know, with so many talks and a, and a really large program, we, we just don't want to take away from that too much. So we want to make sure that we're complementing that rather than, rather than, um, you know, taking away from that. Right. Absolutely. That's really important. And this is why this is really exciting that we're, we're having these podcasts and discussing the strategies and the journey that you and your team are on in designing a hybrid event that is truly integrated with a lot of the wonderful learning designers that you have, you are, and also your team. You specialize in this, but this is a very new field of creating a hybrid event that really does merge together the in-person and the online in very unique ways in the networking and the way you talks are organized in the way people ask questions, because a lot of what people have experienced of hybrid so far is really two parallel events, one in-person and one online. And the truth is that those who are in-person don't really want to go on their phones and on their laptops to now watch, to watch an online event when they made the effort to be there in person. So you want to be able to bring it together and truly combine those, those different audiences. Absolutely. And I think what we're probably expecting and, and sort of facilitating a little bit is the idea that 
laptop and phone participation by in-person people would be a little bit more for networking with others who are, are not physically where they are and much less so about interacting with the actual talks because they'll be able to see them and, and hear them on the projectors. Um, yeah, I, you know, will we find, I, I don't know if we'll find people creating their own, you know, their own hybrid event in their own way too. I don't know. Will someone come in person and then decide, Hey, you know, I really want to take this morning and, and, you know, go walk through central park, mm -hmm. but I'm going to sit on a bench in central. There's a talk I want to see, and I'm going to sit on a bench in central park and watch that talk for, for half an hour or an hour, and maybe even ask questions via the chat. I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. Yes. Well, interesting. Well, interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see and see what people come up with. And also I'm really looking forward to hearing more about the unique ways that you're creating these interactions as you develop it further. So we're going to definitely talk about that in, in a future podcast, but there's so much that is not only so many different talks in this conference, but also so many ways of interacting and networking. It's almost tempting. I would imagine from knowing what you've been planning to add another day onto the conference. So have you considered that is, is that something you've thought about? Yeah, no, that's been a challenge. No, that's a, that's a great question. We've thought a lot about that, especially because, you know, the number of speakers who were able to commit was definitely on the on the high side. You know, there were sometimes, and he says, an international conference, we, you know, we're never sure who's going to definitely be able to come until until we get into March and, and early April as they get through sort of approvals from their organization and, you know, all that kind of thing. So, we did think about, you know, what can we do? And, and, you know, last year as an online only event, we, we did run over five days and, you know, we only have three and, and the first day is not even a, a full day. There's a, a morning setup and then we have the, the, the event for the rest of the day. Uh, we, we ended up deciding to stay with uh, the days that we have and not expand uh, for a couple of reasons. The primary reason is that I think the logical days to expand would be before the conference, the conference is a Wednesday through Friday. And so doing it for, you know, a, a full week or part of the week as we did a longer part of the week as we did last year would make sense. But then that actually doesn't really work for the in-person attendees. It might have been possible for the online attendees, but for the in-person people, a lot of people are traveling here during those times where they're coming from far away and to be able to come early there. Those are the days they've allocated to, you know, looking around the city and exploring and enjoying and, and not having conference commitments. So we didn't want to interfere with that really just didn't want to you know we didn't want to have talks when someone's on a plane to come to this conference and have them miss talks at that conference um so i think if that's something we do we'd have to really make a decision earlier to do it and say maybe we'll have an online only day or two that are maybe the week before and that's something you know we, we did contemplate we we might do in the future i think we'd really have to make sure that we were certain that was the thing we wanted to do and that our speakers wanted as well. And that, you know, everybody felt comfortable that they would be speaking at, at something that is a critical part of the conference, because then you're almost at another level of like, you know, what is the conference and what is prelude to the conference. And so mm -hmm. we've worked so hard to integrate everything that we wanted to keep it fully integrated for, at least for, for this right. year. But it's, it's, you know, there are pros and cons. We also, you know, it, there are advantages to having sessions where there aren't as many things going on and, you know, everyone who's logged on can, can, you know, only have a couple of choices. So mm -hmm. there are, there are definitely pros and cons, but we ended up staying with the days that we have and trying to, to work it around everyone's time zones there. Right. Yes. Again, important to consider the different elements because those who will be online 
uh, could very easily join the day before. But then, of course, you have the people who are traveling and coming in from overseas and settling in. And again, you don't want to separate those two groups. Important to, to think about that. Well, good. Wonderful. Well, before we leave, I, I just want to ask you a few tips in terms of the programming and scheduling of a hybrid event. Someone who's planning a similar type of hybrid event, what are some of the top tips you would give in terms of ensuring the programming goes smoothly? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. There's a, a lot to think about. I mean, you know, first certainly is, is to, you know, think about, think about the time zones and probably, you know, really just make sure you're, you're clear on, you know, clear on that from the beginning of the scheduling process and put a lot of stock into that. Cause it's just, especially, well, really any U S time zone, but, but certainly, you know, here on the East coast, it's, you know, I can't imagine doing this from the West coast. Um, well, we have a bigger time difference from a lot of the world, but even here on the East coast planning, just the, the U S talks as, and then all the different, uh, different time zones around the world, uh, was certainly involves a lot, you know, really just a, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of effort. So I think that's probably the biggest thing, um, you know, and then the secondary part was, you know, working in the meals and the breaks and trying to just, you still want to have breaks. And we, we learned that um, when we did online only for the first time, which was in 2020, and it was sort of on, on very short notice, we didn't have as many breaks as we would in an in-person conference. And part of that was to fit everything in, in sort of at least some reasonable block of time. And it was, you know, we had some of the same things with time zones, but part of that is also, I don't think that we thought people would necessarily need as many breaks because I, I don't know that we thought there would be as many people attending kind of everything. Like we really had a, a, a steady stream of something going on. Right. Yes. And a few breaks here and there. And we got some feedback that was, you know, Hey, I really wanted to see, more, but I need, I just needed more breaks. And there was, you know, there was barely time to get up from my computer at all. And I think we hadn't actually considered that people would be focused on, on really, you know, every stream, you know, every, every, every block. And so we built in more breaks for, you know, for our, um, our second online only conference last year. And we, here we're, we're really trying to do you know, I mean, there's no problem getting enough breaks for everybody because of the in-person group, but working out how you do those breaks is still, you know, you kind of have to focus on the meal times and the appropriate mm -hmm. times for the in-person event, but make sure that we're appropriately accommodating um, all time zones as, as best we can. Did the best we could with that. And obviously later in the day, you kind of just get into some sessions are going to go, you know, till, you know, at least five, 530 Eastern time. And, and that's probably too late for other people. Uh, one thing to note on that is we are absolutely recording all of the live session or yeah, all the sessions um, live and online, online, everything will be recorded and posted as quickly as our team is able to post it so that if people are unable to make something, they can at least see the recording. And I think that's another factor that we've was a criterion for us and a necessity for us in any system that we we're using so that we could do, um, make sure everyone could see everything. But yeah, the, the breaks, I mean, after the time zones, the breaks are, are one of the challenges, you know, it's not it's not lunchtime everywhere at the same time. And so we, we had a plan around the breaks that we could have here um, in New York, but also try to, to accommodate everybody. But interesting that it is still important, even online, uh, for the online audience, it's still important to have those breaks and to create that space in it. So joining that now together is something to really think through. Absolutely. Well, lots, uh, lots happening and a lot of great developments and interesting insights into something that, you know, scheduling is scheduling, but actually in a hybrid event, 
there's a lot more consideration, a lot more strategies to use. So thank you very much for sharing your insights and your experience in that. And I look forward to our next episode to explore the next phase of what important designs into a hybrid event. So thank you very much, David. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always great to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you.